The sermon for the fourth Sunday in Lent is from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 9, verses 1 to 41. Uh, the sermon is entitled, Fixing Your Eyes on Jesus. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My oldest son is 16 now. And you know the question that comes next. <laughs> oh, Jeff knows. Um, Dad, when can I get my driver's license? Of course, I say, in time, Abe. <laughs> but until then, as we're driving to school in the morning, I, I always give him little tidbits on what to look out for when you drive. And the f- top two things I always tell him is, number one, keep your eyes on the road. And number two, Always look in your, oh, that's one of them, rear view. I, I, I was going to say, always look in your, who said that? Ken, you are wise. Look, always look in your blind spot, right? Now, today in our gospel reading, there Jesus really is guiding the people to keep your eyes on the word, to look at every blind spot, literally restoring the man with mud and his own saliva. The miracle that awakened this blind man who was no longer blind, but now after washing in the pool of Siloam, he came back seeing. Now you would think this would be a moment of great celebration, right? But yet it was not so. I know for myself, I, I was blessed with horrible eyes. And without my corrective lenses, I honestly cannot function. Everything is a blur. Everything is a shadow. And even more, I can't imagine for the blind man what he went through. Complete darkness. And there that day, Jesus performed a miracle that would turn his life upside down. That's a miracle. We've been saying this the last couple weeks now about how miracles defy human reason. Miracles are so radical that for human reason, what would arise is skepticism. Is this the man that was blind? Surely it must be someone else that people said. How were your eyes opened? How could that be? Now simply... With facts, with truth, this restored man said, well, I'll tell you. Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. And so I did. I washed and I received my sight. What else was there to say but those very words that happened? It's as if he was saying to them, look, see. Behold, I was once blind, but now I see, and all credit goes to Jesus and his word. And seeing this, the neighbors, still wondering how this happened, brought this man to the Pharisees, and there this man was again asked the same question, and he answered in the same way. Because there was no other 
story. Because when you rest upon the truth, there are no cracks in your story. There are no contradictions, no manipulations, no twist. The truth is the truth. And there is nothing to hide. But rather, he stood there time and time again, simply stating the facts. I was once blind, and now I see. Now the interrogation would continue. If it wasn't the man, well, let's go to the parents. What will they say? In great fear of being thrown out of the synagogue, they simply deflected, saying, well, he is of age, ask him. He is our son, of course. But ask him what had happened. And that's what the Pharisees did. Again, when you are standing on the rock of truth, there he said, I've told you already, and you would not listen. And with a clear conscience, there he spoke freely. There was nothing to hide whatsoever. And you would think this would be a moment of celebration. But now it was a time for him to be cast out. How tragic. The Pharisees, the crowds, they saw what had happened. And rather than celebrating what Jesus had done, they were offended and they cast him out. And that's the tension of our text, my friends. The Pharisees had seen what had happened, yet they failed to see what was truly happening in their midst because they were caught up in their own human sinful eyes. They were caught up in their own lens of their self-righteousness. Even saying, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us? We are disciples of Moses. See, this is how they saw. And therefore, how ironic it was, for they were the blind, the spiritually blind, that is, And that's why, to no surprise, as we live in this world, the question is, what do you see? Is it people just being people and chaos being chaos and hatred being hatred and strife being strife? What do you see? And it's quick to make quick judgments on the world saying, how could they do that? How dare they? What is wrong with those people or something like that? The fact is, it's, Question, what do we truly see? It's a world that is mired in darkness. A world that is helpless and stuck and entrenched in their own way. In their own sin, in their own greed, in their own idolatry. In their own spiritual blindness. And because of that discerning, understanding what is really happening in this world ever since the fall, all of this is no surprise. And so it is for us. I mean, how many times do we fail to see what is truly going on in our lives? How many times do we fail to truly look in the mirror and see our sin in the midst of all the busyness of this life? And so quickly we fail to discern what is truly happening spiritually. That as we covet for our checkbooks, as we see the shiny treasures that glisten and shimmer that are the apple to our eye, 
the tremendous bounty we so are caught up with, that in that moment, as we are tunnel visioned, nothing else matters. What do you see? Our first parents, a delight this tree was to their eyes. They saw, they took, and they ate, and there was result. The same pattern to which we face in this spiritual battle. How easy it is to be delighted by what is the apple to our eye. And in that very moment, my friends, it is humbling. Because in those moments of temptation, how easy it is to see nothing but our own little gods. To see our own little gods as if they are our greatest allies. As if they will truly give what we need. Again, what do you see this day? For the Pharisees, as they saw this blind man restored, what did they see? They saw a threat. They saw this Jesus doing all these miracles and through his ministry, miracle after miracle, his ministry would grow. More people would follow him. And rather than following him, the Pharisees saw him as a threat. They were looking through their own nature, their own stature, their own order, their own way of holiness, their own way of self-righteousness, their own smug hearts. Now, what do you see? What are the blind spots that you fail to discern and you simply chalk it up as, you know, what's the big deal, right? I mean, I love my things. I love my flesh. I live as if this world is everything to me, yet if we see it for what it truly is, It is our sin, our nature calling the shots, our flesh being the little gods that they love to be, the the false charade that our sinful eyes clamor for. And spiritually speaking, what is really happening is our sin against God. As we fail to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. What do you see? What are the blind spots that you fail to discern As you simply chalk it up as, that's right, what's the big deal, the devil says. I mean, God's word is God's word, but his word is good, well, only when it fits into my narrative, right? God's word is good until it infringes on what I, until it infringes on what I love. God's word is good only when it's convenient for me. Yet what we fail to see in these very moments is the gallery of the gods, all these little gods being our focus. That Those portraits that we see on that wall and say, yeah, I want that. That's the apple to my eye. Spiritual discernment. As we walk as children of light, this is what we face. The spiritual battle. And how frail and broken our eyes are. It's so easily for each and every one of us, we focus on this world. And at the same time, how this word in that moment becomes very blurry. So fixated we become that discerning through the lens of God's word is our last concern. Because in this life of faith, as we keep our eyes on the road, 
I know you've, you've been on a long road trip before, and if you've been behind the wheel for a long time, you know your eyes get a little shifty, right? They look left, they look right, you become bored, and soon enough you find your eyes looking not on the road until your children say, keep your eyes on the road. See, this is the tension that St. Paul was giving the Ephesians there about walking as children of light. Yes, we are the children of light. We are no longer mired in darkness because of the victory of Christ. But until the end of time, the devil will throw every arrow at you. Temptations are all too real. And he's saying, be, be awake, discern. Keep your eyes on the road and look at every blind spot. Just imagine if you never looked at your blind spot. I know the new cars these days do that for you. But just imagine if they didn't. And just imagine if, oh, blind spot? No, no, I don't look there today. What would happen? So what are they for you this day? What are you seeing? And this is what the word of God was showing the Pharisees that day. This blind man was restored all by the power of the word of God, all in Christ Jesus. And there the man was showing what Jesus had done to really address the elephant in the room. Because the word is the light. The light that exposes and make, that makes all things visible. And that is why we are here, my friends. Not because we are better than anyone else. We're not here at church because we are pharisaically more righteous than our neighbor. No, we are here because we know what we need to hear. Because we see our sin We see our every thought, word, and deed. We see the sins that we have sinned against God and neighbor. We see our true brokenness that cannot hide in our own man-made shelters of self-righteousness. We see our burdens that cannot shoulder themselves. We see the anchor of grief that we cannot escape ourselves. We see our sin and every guilt, and we know fully we cannot account for any one of them. Because the word shows us that our struggle is not of the world, but our struggle is of the spiritual forces of evil. And discerning this in this life of faith, here we are together, seeing our sin for what it is, but yet also in that faithful call of repentance, confessing our sins, turning in faith, And looking to him. Because he is the rock. He is the eternal promise to which our eyes are fixed. You know, Jesus is the one who awakens the sleeper by coming to this world, by taking upon the flesh, diving into humanity, only to see the cross as his place to die. 
That's what our Lord sees. He sees the cross. He sees the crucifixion for you to be your savior for the shattered, to be the Messiah for the broken, to be the redeemer for the sinner. This is what the Lord sees and he goes for it because it is the father's will, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away your sin. This is what Christ sees as he faithfully, as he was obedient, as he willingly went to the cross, bloodied, whipped, crown of thorns. This is what he saw. He saw your salvation in the works as he was there on the cross being slaughtered for the forgiveness of all your sins. You know, when I see my own hands, I see the complete inability to save myself. When I see the hands of Christ and his pierced hands, I see the work of salvation being done. Where death ceases to win. Because Christ is your victor. Friends, this is what we see day to day. The sight of faith, the sight of triumph and victory knowing that even in the midst of the spiritual sufferings you may be facing right now, though they are a great discouragement, though they give you great suffering, friends, remember the word. There Christ is saying, you are the children of light. I have opened your eyes as I've come to this world to dawn on you the new day to which the empty tomb of Christ heralds to you. Christ publishes your peace and this is yours. This is what you see right now. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Difficulty on difficulty upon difficulty. And I'm like, that's right. Sufferings are very real. But through all things, we see Christ. We see his death and resurrection we even see the water and word of holy baptism. We see our own righteousness already. That's what we see. Because it's Christ. Because he is the rock. Like the once blind man, his sight was not only restored, but his true sight, his faith, was illumined by Jesus that day. That's the key to this text. Not simply that Jesus healed someone, but that in this healing, it showed who he was for this man that day. I believe, Lord, he said. That's the miracle. As he was brought to the faith by the power of God's word. And this is your miracle too. That faith is a gift given to you by the Holy Spirit through the power of the word. And now, my friends, you walk not on your own, independent, separated from God road. No, you walk as children of life, covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. This is where our eyes are fixed. This is your treasure. This is your shelter. This is your refuge. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Day to day, 
yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We don't just say Jesus. We're not just saying that. But we believe it. Because it is Jesus for you. It is the gospel. It is your forgiveness. It is where we stand on the rock and say, yes, that's right. Death has lost its sting. And I am a child of God all by what he has done for me. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.